0: Hi, you're listening to 10-Minute IS Paper. My name is Blair Wang. Today's paper is called From Panopticon to Hotopticon, a new form of surveillance introduced by quantified self-practices by Jean-Francois de Moya and Jesse Palud, published in the Information Systems Journal, ISJ, in 2020. So this paper is basically a critique of the concept of QS. QS, or quantified self, is, as the paper defines it by quoting another paper, like so. The philosophy behind the QS movement is that by using quantifiable data, which can be collected relatively easily through readily available technology, one can significantly improve the understanding of one's health and gain deeper insights into different approaches of improving health. So this paper explicitly looks at QS in relation to health. In my mind, QS also refers to some other things as well in terms of like productivity, like people measuring all the hours that they spend during a day and what they're doing with those hours. Uh, But this paper is looking at the health aspect and fair enough because the paper is also looking at wearables, devices that you can wear that do collect that kind of quantifiable data. And uh, the paper gives examples that many of us are familiar with, like like step counters, heart rate, and uh, the paper even says calorie intake, which I'm a bit surprised at because I don't really know of any uh, wearables that can do that, Although that'd be really cool. Although the paper is also uh, pointing out some of the concerns there. So in terms of concerns, uh, the paper points out that this is basically self-surveillance, and There's been a lot of research about the dark side, if you will, of surveillance. A lot of IS research that critiques surveillance and many other things as well draw on the concept of the panopticon. Jeremy Bentham, uh, who in the 1700s actually came up with this idea of a panopticon, describes a circular prison. Think of like a stadium, but instead of the audience seated in the circle of the stadium We have prisoners and at the middle, instead of the player, we have a guard tower that goes all the way up. And from the guard tower, you can see anywhere in this stadium prison. The idea with the panopticon is that if you are a prisoner in a panopticon, most of the time you're not actually being directly watched by that one guard in the guard tower, but you could be um, and you don't know if you are being watched. And so Michel Foucault in his writing was saying that that we were already kind of living in a world like this because in the modern era we're so concerned about what other people think of us and the way that people exert power on each other is not even necessarily through like bullets and swords, but by forcing us to be concerned about changing our behavior so that other people approve of us, so that we conform to the expectations of society. And so a lot of criticism about modern technology is, is surveillance as a relatively perilous thing. It may bring some some benefits, but it does have this dark side. But... In terms of quantified self, I mean, that's basically self-surveillance, right? You're collecting data about yourself, you're monitoring it. I mean, there is the case that you do voluntarily disclose that data to other people, but surely this isn't the same kind of surveillance that we think about when we think about the modern panopticon. Well, this paper argues that though it's not exactly the same problem, understanding some of the critique that comes from the panopticon analysis of modern technology is still relevant here. Yes, it isn't the same thing, and that's why this paper actually introduces a different term. They call it, and I don't know if this how correct this pronunciation is, but they call it hotopticon. This is kind of coming from the etymology of the word panopticon. Optics meaning vision, basically, and pan meaning everything. So pantheon, for example, is all the gods, or the theo. So then this paper says, well, if Panopticon is all the vision. Well, hotopticon, based on the Greek word hotos, meaning self, means panopticon, but on yourself, which is why this paper refers to the QS problem, not as a problem of panopticon per se, but as a problem of hotopticon, which like the modern panopticon of surveillance has both benefits and risks. The paper gives us five themes in relation to QS and the advantages and drawbacks. So, the first theme is in relation to QS being a technology of power. Here, power isn't referring to like electricity, but the power to make someone do something, the power that it's exerted on people. Uh, so, for example, wearables themselves can exert power on you there's a quote here that someone's saying that their fitbit alta which is one of the watches that fitbit sells is demanding my fitbit alta there's a quote here and i paraphrase a little bit uh, my fitbit alta is demanding just 250 steps an hour i'm waiting to see if he gets meaner but it's more to it than just the device itself because this data is often processed not on the device but in the cloud and sent over to company servers in goodness knows where there's an example here that the norway consumer council in 2016 actually examined some of the privacy policies and the terms of terms and conditions and (laughs) filed a formal complaint about basically these terms being unreasonable or that they're too long and so on so there's definitely some issues of these companies being a lot more powerful than we as individuals are but on the other hand these technologies also empower people they empower people to stay aware of what's happening in their lives they empower people to stay in control of how their lives are progressing of their fitness And that leads us on to the second theme, which is QS and its influence on the body, the human body. Because these devices are worn on the body as wearables, because they also track metrics about the body, there's certainly good things here in terms of making us more self-aware and uh, cautious about our bodies in terms of keeping ourselves healthy. And it even says here on page 13, behavior modification can sometimes involve an experimental phase. For example, some users experiment with different sleeping hours and check if these changes will improve their health. So not only is this something that's just just implementing certain things in your life but also it, it's a scientific tool it's it's encouraging you to to run experiments in your life to see if you can make your body healthier the drawback to this is that it can also create a certain self-image of your body that might not be healthy one simple example is that your body just gets reduced to the certain to certain metrics how many calories are you burning what your weight is today compared to yesterday and this obsession with these numbers actually reduces what the body actually is it's an organic thing it's a living thing it is you the third theme is qs as a tool of knowledge and that goes on nicely from this discussion of science and experiments because these devices do implement in people's lives knowledge that is broadly available. In a sense, a mechanism by which scientific knowledge is being propagated. People are changing their habits based on scientific knowledge about nutrition, but it's not just about giving users knowledge. These apps and these these wearables do also report back and collect data, collect information, collect knowledge from the users. The fourth theme is QS in relation to space. And here when they say space, they sort of mean in relation to social spaces, uh, spheres of influence. For example, it, it redefines the space in which medical practice is happening because you can collect data about yourself using your wearable and then send that to your doctor as a printout and that in a sense is your doctor practicing medicine with you even when your doctor isn't physically there on the other hand as well as bringing people together like that it also uh, keeps people isolated qs and wearables are a big idea but there's different companies that sell different products and these products by and large don't integrate nicely with each other for example i have an apple watch my friend might have a fitbit we can't actually live in the same QS space. I can't be on their leaderboards. They can't be on my leaderboard. So we're bringing spaces together that we would think are separate, but we're also separating spaces that we would think should be together. And then finally, this fifth theme, which is QS as a new technological surveillance we now have different kinds of technologies if we're surveilling ourselves we can draw upon different kinds of tools here to measure different things you might use your watch to measure how many steps you're taking and then combine that with smart scales that measure your weight every day so that's really good for giving people a sense of control over their lives but uh, there's also issues here these technologies aren't perfect hardware sometimes fails or just reports uh, skewed data and the knowledge that's embodied in them isn't always perfect for example a lot of these wearables and i know this from my own experience Uh, they encourage you to walk 10,000 steps a day. Where did this magical number come from? It came from the World Health Organization, because for the typical person, 10,000 steps is a good amount. But the authors make a good point here. 10,000 steps a day is probably a good idea if you're overweight because of not getting enough exercise, but it's probably not a good idea if you're overweight because you're pregnant. And most wearables don't necessarily make that distinction. So what's the takeaway here? Well, For the big companies, it's to really think about these limitations, to think about the issue of privacy, which consumers are increasingly being concerned about, to think about issues of data quality, because it isn't just a matter of consumer satisfaction. It is also an ethical issue if people are getting inaccurate data about themselves, based on which they're making all these decisions about their lives, based on which they are living the QS quantified self life. At the end of the day, QS is essentially this view that knowledge is power and I want to empower myself. But as the authors quote in their closing paragraph, knowledge is not always power. There are other ways to be and to perceive in the world. Knowledge can be love. It can be relationship. It can be connection. For those of us and myself included who are really interested in quantifying our lives, of collecting all sorts of statistics about our lives, maybe that's a good reminder to step back from the stats and to focus on what really matters in life. This has been an episode of 10 Minute IS Paper. Thanks for listening. The music on this podcast is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod and generously licensed under Creative Commons. You can find out more about this podcast at www.tmisp.org and you can reach out to me, Blair Wang, at www.blair.wang.